0: Kid. Chris, are you ready?
1: Sammy, I'm here.
0: Let's play ball. So you come from a baseball family. Many people have seen your dad on MOB Network or heard his name as a GM of an MOB organization. You play professionally as a catcher. Now your brother is quite a prospect. Can you tell us a bit what it's like coming from a baseball family?
1: Wow. I'll take you back to my youth, like the earliest years where it being around... The Jim Tomey, Albert Bell, Manny Ramirez, Omar Vizquel, these guys in their prime, and then seeing Todd Helton in a year where he almost hit 400. Before uh, I even really knew what was happening around me, you're exposed to these potential like Hall of Fame players in an environment with, for me, no prior knowledge to like what it means to be great at something. And you're six, seven, eight years old, and you're seeing the way these guys compete, the way they work, and that the best players were actually the ones that had the highest level of intensity, focus. They were having fun. And all of a sudden, y- you start to understand like, what it means to be great to something before you can even articulate it. And so it's little things like Troy Whiskey taking like 300 swings off a tee, Completely focused uh, in the offseason. And okay, is that what it takes to be great? And then you start to see these patterns, patterns of players that they just didn't wake up and be great. They took advantage of every moment they had to push their game just a little bit farther forward. And then you wake up and you're 13 or 14 years old, and you you see an opportunity, me as a player, to actually be good at this, and. Uh, there was only one way for me to do it. And it was to mimic those habits, those skills, that obsession with, I'm not going to be good unless I put in the effort that I watch those guys do. And so like growing up in it, it wasn't so much that like on every day, someone gave me great tips about my swing or taught me how to have a two strike approach. It wasn't like the information, the knowledge. It was just the behavior on what it meant to be good at something. And that's really where, if you're in any industry, but baseball specifically, it's hard to be good and it's hard to be the best. And at the end of the day, if you work and take every moment and and try to do something to become better, you've got a shot. And that is something that I I look back on all the years of just growing up around the game and it it just prepared me for even now, like your your DNA tells you that if there's something else I can be good at, I'm going to learn quickly. I'm going to do everything I can to become great at this. And then it should translate the process matters. And it also gave me a chance to uh, look at my brothers turned into a really good player and, and so proud because he, too has done like all these little things the way if we're... We don't have a cage at our house. So we creatively had to find a way to get swings in. And when we play these wiffle ball games and they were so competitive and so fun, but I know it made him better. And doing that from a young age up, it's never... It never has to be a perfect situation for someone to be good at baseball. If you got a tennis ball and a racket. You can get better at infield. If you've got a wiffle ball and a broomstick, you can get better. And I think that should apply to just to everybody out there. The tools of this trade, things like Win Reality, certainly can take your game to another level. But it doesn't have to be a crotch.
0: So you obviously have an obsession with helping hitters see the baseball better. From Eon Sports to now releasing Win Reality on the Oculus Quest, can you walk us through why you focused? on solving this need and how you got to where you were today?
1: I'd say one thing about being a header and that could be almost like universally attested to is that the more that you're inside the batter's box, the better you can become practicing off a machine, off a tee, hitting in the cage, you can get better. Like You can do it, but there's nothing like facing a pitcher. And that holds true up to the highest level. The more you can compete against someone with a true delivery, the rhythm, the timing, the way the ball comes out of the hand, the different pitch shapes, trajectories, the emotion of how a pitcher's setting you up and then trying to put you away. Things that just can't be taught overnight and they can't be taught through methods of the mechanics of the swing and the actual like physical biomechanics of what it means to hit A lot of it's emotion, a lot of it's competing and you really aren't competing until there's a guy on the mound and you need to win that battle. And so where when reality and in, in what even on the earliest stages was eon sports came into play is that how can we duplicate that because there's really no argument that if if you can face a pitcher more often you can improve and so that in a lot of ways has molded into different forms of a specifically whether it's like uh, visual processing, cognitive processing improvement, or different facets of what it means to be better at pitch recognition. There are a number of different components that it it hits on, but ultimately when you're competing against a pitcher and doing it more often, you're going to improve as a hitter. And and that has been, I would say in a lot of ways, an obsession with fundamentally improving this part of your game can take a player that. Never had a shot to play on his high school team and turn him into a really good varsity player that may have a chance then to go play division one. And then you have an opportunity and who knows, you could be drafted in later rounds and get a chance to play at a higher level someday. It's never too late to give a kid a shot at continuing to play. And that hope is real. And when reality and the product that we've created here is putting the tools in the hands of all the kids out there that want to have a shot someday to to play at a higher level.
0: So a lot of people seem to be against all this technology infiltrating the game today. How would you explain to them the need for win reality?
1: There are a few different types of technologies out there. Some of it is really data driven and can be understood to be a little bit of like information overload, the paralysis by analysis that has improved, like even the past year, the way that technology has been simplified has helped larger downstream call amateur players begin to understand where uh, data and technology is valuable. But where when reality is in a different category is that our technology enables experiences. So while there is a big data component, real-time feedback more than anything is what we do is we create this virtual world and bring that to your living room. And in that world, we can create emotion. This is tech you can feel and we can put you in a situation that realistically recreates the emotion that you feel in the game. Like when was the last time you face a low three quarters left-hand pitcher with a 87 mile an hour slider? You may not face that for two years, but in when reality it's on demand. So you don't have to be a new school data junkie to understand the value of what our technology can do. It's as old school as it gets. You're seeing pitches, you're facing pitchers and you're competing. And that's where I think we have been able to find a conversation that crosses the spectrum for every type of coach that's out there. And to be honest, I think a lot of technologies are, are in baseball specifically are getting better quickly at providing Data and value that can be consumed by people at all the spectrums of the market, amateur up through professional.
0: So, can you share some of these success stories you have with people or teams that have been using it for a while?
1: Obviously, there's been a lot of success stories at uh, the major league level, but would. I'm not the one to talk about those without confidentiality agreements being broken, but if you look at one of our first college programs, it was Vanderbilt in last year's college World series. Vanderbilt has been known to not only... There's like a standard of excellence there in that excellence and discipline that when they adopt something, there's a lot of thought and intent behind how that implementation will happen. And it was so good for us because it wasn't we ship them technology and then you flip on a switch and hope that there's good results. It was that there was testing iteration, different types of players doing different types of training in VR. And it gave both their program and us a great indication of when reality is implemented with intent what the results could look like. Before their College World Series games, they were facing all the Michigan pitchers, but more than anything leading up to that moment, each player had a plan. And that plan consisted of certain grouping of players that was gonna spend five days a week starting in you know the preseason. Facing high-velocity right-hand pitchers throwing fastballs up in the zone, and then using tunneling curveballs off of that. Then they had another grouping of players that was going to see that were going to see sinker and change-up combos away. And, and however that really unfolded, there was intent, and then the results certainly indicated that what they were doing to train plate discipline, to train and approach in the batter's box, could be reinforced with win reality. So that's one success story that has continued. And there's been a pretty much in every part of our customer base, stories emerge all the time. I, I was talking to one of our users, a big league player, and I hope he's okay with me saying this, but Stephen Souza. And we had this incredible conversation about how he had gone through a number of swing changes over the last year and a half, two years. But the feedback that he was getting in our quick recognition challenge was so consistent that he was making his decisions about six to eight feet too late that he may never have needed to make a swing change. If he moved his decision-making up that it could have put him in a position where he was getting better information about, where he could improve his hitter, And so he's, he's been doing different drills where he goes quick recognition training. wind reality high velocity fastball machine and going back and forth just to move up his decision-making four to six feet out and without wind reality, you really, there's no way to quantify where was I making a decision spatially? What does it feel like to make a decision earlier? And we'll see, he's got some, he's playing overseas here soon. And it's a guy that has a incredible track record and hopefully he can take the next step. Then we've got another guy, Max Elise, that we've recently talked about quite a bit because he went from this year being essentially off the radar in the amateur, you call it like travel ball circuit to there's been no one that's more committed. He sends us videos of when he's doing VR, he is in a full out sweat he is practicing with so much focus and intent that he's in every way you would think it's the ninth inning of a World Series game with runners in scoring position. And it's him at the box. And that that's translated into him now becoming a top 100 player in the upcoming draft class, a scholarship to a premier program in the University of Arkansas. And it really gets back to he didn't miss a day of training. He has been religious and completely convicted on getting better at his craft. And we couldn't be happier for him.
0: So there are several different modes of training in reality. Starting with your personal favorite, can you tell us about each mode and why we need them?
1: What's really interesting is that intuitively, you would think that when you grab a bat, and you're holding a bat, and and you are recreating what it's like to hit. That is the most natural and, and best way to utilize VR. And as much as like that is has been and will be the addictive component of when reality, and will continue to become a bigger part of it. What from day one that we have talked about when creating this product, founding this company, is that the biggest improvement for players happen when they're focused on making better swing decisions. And there's just incredible data supporting that at the major league level that when players make good swing decisions, they perform in every offensive category statistically significant at a higher level in every offensive category. And So outside of wanting to hit a double to right field in VR and look at a projected distance that's 380 feet away, the best thing a player can be doing is going through like the quick recognition drills. I'm going to hold a controller and I'm going to understand where I need to make a decision in order to be on time. And where we've wanted to create a really fun training environment, take practice. And you know what, let's make it more like video games. Let's have those components of make practice fun. That's been important. But if we're as baseball people, our highest level of conviction is making sure that our customers, our clients, the people that are trusting us that we can do what we can to help them develop and be better baseball and softball players. That's from working on these pitch recognition skills. That's how you can turn yourself from a JV player to a varsity player and potentially play at a higher level. If you're better at recognizing pitches sooner, making consistent swing decisions and and doing it in a rhythm, in a a sequence that aligns with the pitcher, you have a chance to be successful consistently. And those pitch recognition modules, especially quick recognition, are the, it's the breeding ground for players to improve really quickly.
0: So I use Win Reality on the Oculus just about every night. How important do you think it's going to be this offseason, especially with the uncertainty that COVID's going to bring going into the spring?
1: It's funny because e- when you think about an offseason, you immediately go to, "Oh, I'm going to take a break from baseball." more than anything now is the time where you separate yourself and what we've really wanted to push to our customer base is that you don't need to go to a cage and spend hours practicing But our director of performance science has put together white papers on skill decay and all it takes is this minimum number of training sessions in order to make sure your skill level doesn't decrease because the ramp up time is too long. The ramp up time is like six to eight weeks just to get back to where you were at when the season ended. So this off season is really the best chance for players to say, I'm going to do 10 to 15 minutes of training five days a week. And I should see like a 10 to 15% improvement by the time the season starts to ramp up again. So it's this minimum commitment of time, but frequently you're going to take leaps and bounds of improvement, not only for yourself, but comparatively to everyone out there that thinks that off season truly means that you should be, taking time completely away from the game and with the challenging circumstances with COVID and really making it harder to get access to baseball facilities in certain areas of our country, there's no excuse. You could be in your living room, you could be in your garage, you could be anywhere and improving your game with really not much time is needed to do it.
0: So listeners might want to know how can they get when reality?
1: It's a great question. Facebook recently rolled out a new product called the Oculus Quest 2. That is by far the best experience that we can provide. When reality can provide it is on that device. It is available at Best Buy, Walmart. You could go on the Oculus Store online, Amazon, and it's $299. You only need the 64 gigabyte version to use when reality our application is less than 2 gigabytes so it doesn't take up much space once you have that device, then when you go on our website, WinReality.com, set up a subscription, we give you an invite to our app. It's unlisted. Our application is only for serious ballplayers, and we only want our customers... We're investing a lot in our customers. We want to make sure the Sammies of the world are getting better and they're getting all the attention they need from WinReality. You go on our website and we invite you to our application once a subscription is set up. We're running a lot of good promotions right now. And frankly, some of our competitions, the prizes are incredible. The winner of the November Curveball Optimization Challenge is going to have a chance to design a Rawlings glove, a custom, heart of the hide, pro preferred, best that's out there. Uh, more coming in December too. That should be pretty fun for our users, our, the win founders that are out there. So... We do have a big announcement coming sometime next week. Follow us on social and keep your ears perked for what we have coming. It's going to be pretty exciting. We just rolled out softball a couple weeks ago. And and this new one is, I think, going to... It's what everyone's been asking for a long time. So I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet. But if you're thinking, do they have X, we're about to tell you that we do.
0: can you share with us a lesson that your dad taught you that still applies to baseball and your business today?
1: Oh, the, the many lessons. Dan is, of course, is, is my mentor and probably uh, my best friend. I at times brush over the fact that how incredibly talented he is. But the one thing that he did throughout his career and continues to do is he takes such an interest and cares so much about the people that are a a part of his life, meaning anyone that worked for him with the Rockies, with the Indians, anyone that's worked with him in his career, he wanted to develop them. He wanted to help them be the best people they can be, not just at their craft, but the best father, uh, husband, everything in life. How can we take our personnel how can we take the people that are part of our life and help them continue to find a new level of purpose happiness and enjoyment in what they do day in and day out and that intent on a daily basis is something that really i think made him so beloved and also led to such a incredible culture and a, a career that he had that was just marked by years of successes in ways that weren't measurable by wins and losses from a major league team. when reality, I'd like to say that we've, the people that are a part of this here can then take that energy, the enthusiasm and the belief in what we do and pass that on to our customers. I don't know how many tech companies there are out there that have performance analysts texting our users at all hours of the night, looking at their statistics and their assessment and thinking critically about how we can help them. We truly care about this market. We're not cold. We're not removed. We're not what you think of with technology. We are a part of the development. And that's where we think in the long run, this can become a staple that you feel that as a customer.
0: Chris, thank you so much for playing ball.
1: Sammy, thank you.
0: Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered, If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they will show the podcast with. And don't forget to play ball, kid.